Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. Say again, please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. Hi, I'm Andrew Wallace. Welcome to the We've Got a Problem podcast, where each week we explore inspiring stories of struggle, success, and solutions to prevalent problems and how our guests have turned a problem into an opportunity. This week, I'm talking to Alan Stevens, who's a profiling and communication specialist who helps individuals, families, teachers and students, business owners and team leaders, as well as sales teams to read other people, to understand what makes them tick so they can build stronger relationships and more effectively communicate. Alan, thank you for joining me on the show. How did you get into this business of reading people? Well, mainly because I was dreadful at it. And a lot of people will probably tell you the same thing, that they find it difficult to read people. I'd been through two divorces, a lot (laughs) of uh, broken relationships, business partners who emptied the bank out. And you would think that uh, you would learn from all those experiences, but I uh, hadn't. It was when I went through my second divorce that uh, I realized I needed to really step up my game on understanding and reading people. It first of all uh, started with, um, in 1975, being put in charge of men who are older than me. I was 23 <laughs> and my uh, second in charge was 38. Okay. So that's where I realised I had to start. But it was with body language at first in those days because I think Alan Pease, who was one of the authorities over here in Australia, was the flavour of the month. And so I thought, right, body language is something I need to uh, get into. Then in the uh, 80s, I started looking at psychometric profiling, where you ask people questions to work out their personalities, Myers-Briggs, DISC, and Enneagrams and those sort of uh, programs. Then from there, I uh, realized that um, I needed more understanding. I looked at NLP, which was a language we use, neuro-linguistic programming, to elicit uh, responses from people that we're looking for. And in the uh, early 2000s, I was asked to work with a company that taught currency trading and uh, to find out why none of their students made any money, even though (laughs) they had a professional and brilliant uh, trainer. uh, People were still losing money when they uh, went live trading. Hmm. So we used psychometric profiling in those days to start with, but people were still losing money. And I realised, talking to a few of the people that... uh, They'd said, well, they tried to figure out what sort of personality they had to have to be a good trader. And I went, no, we need to know yours because under stress, no matter how well you practice things, you will always revert back to your own personality type. And so I needed a better system. And somebody just said to me one day, you ever looked at reading faces? And that's the thing that got me started. I thought two programs together, plus the body language, plus uh, the actual language we use as well. And I created rapid trade profiling. That's for me how it all started. Well, so what can you give me an overview of how that kind of profiling works? What can you learn from these kinds of things? Well, if you think about the facial features, that might sound a bit woo woo to some of the people listening today, a bit clairvoyancy, but it's not. If you lift weights, you know, bicep curls or you do squats or anything like that, you'll build those muscles up because of repetitive movement. Mm-hmm. We also know that everything we feel inside, we express outwardly, our body language, the expressions on our face. So you put those two together. When you're concentrating and thinking, you'll pull expressions over and over again and you'll work the muscles in your face and so mm-hmm. you'll create ridges and crevices. So if I've got your photograph, I've got your personality. So I can uh, read that from uh, your LinkedIn profiles, your website photographs. I know your personality before I even ring you. So I can put a full presentation together, knowing how you like to take the information in. Then when we're talking, I've now got the body language and expressions that give me the feedback. Have I read you right? 
Uh-huh. And are you telling me the truth? Is there okay. something emotionally going on? Boy, this this is that the fact that you can tell that much from a from a photo to prepare in advance for who you're going to talk to is fascinating. And now I want to know this. Tell me all your secrets. Tell me everything you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, how and how long? I mean, you obviously are training people to do this. How long does it take to uh, to train somebody how to be a, a more effective reader of, of faces and people? Well, I've got everything from master programs, uh, starting with, first of all, with online courses. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll do people's individual profiles, first of all, where they can find out about themselves, their children, their colleagues, you know, work um, uh, clients and things like that. Short courses that give them a bit of an in- indication or understanding of um, how to build instant rapport, for instance. All my online courses have just gone through uh, a uh, certification for, um, as I call them, certified learning solutions for all industries across Australia and Asia. So anybody who has to get their uh, points that they need each year to keep their professions can also uh, pick up their points right by doing my courses. Got it. Then they step up to uh, court short courses where I work with the person, plus I do some work themselves, to the master program, which is a 13-week program to get them up to a level where they can then uh, proficiently go out and start to train other people. And my main target at the moment is to create and train my competition. Because (laughs) at the end of the day, we need people to be doing it right, because if they're not doing it right, the end result is it ruins the reputation of it. So I feel that I've got a moral obligation to train them. But if I train them, then they're going to be a strategic alliance. They're not my competition at all. Right. And so... I know a lot of people worry about oh, competitors and all the rest. And I go, well, if you spoke to your competitors, you'd probably learn a lot more. And if you collaborate with your competitors, you'll probably be able to create a lot more because there's always more clients than all of us can handle. Right. Well, that's, I, I, that goes along the same lines as the kind of the Japanese business model, where when you get in business with somebody, you actually kind of buy shares of, of each other. And mm. and and get into this kind of connectedness thing. So, because the the industry, I mean, it's not incestuous in a sense, but because of the way that the that the automobile industry works in Japan, let's say, there are many suppliers who are kind of interlinked with with their main corporate companies. But actually, a lot of companies will share parts across, so they'll now be owners of each other, and they're not really competitors. Mm. Nissan isn't competing with Toyota and Honda other than in the marketplace, but together they're actually forming uh, a kind of more cohesive strategic partnership to to get things out there. That's that's kind of the way I see it. And why wouldn't you want to work in that if the rising tide elevates all ships? Uh, that's it. That's the way to go. Yeah, hmm. for sure. Because at the end of the day, if you work with your competitors, the end result is that you learn a lot more, they learn a lot more, and you actually improve the quality of that industry as well. Yeah. And therefore, when you do that, then you can charge more money. <laughs> the main goal, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and, and to do great business, like you say, there's, hmm. there's no shortage of, of customers. We all have more than we can handle, or I say we, as if I'm already hmm. doing this. Um, the... So tell me, I, I, I'm I'm fascinated by the idea of gaining a a, a better and deeper understanding in interpersonal uh, interactions with other people, right? That that th- that it's even possible to 
to to to again tailor your message and and figure out what works best when approaching a, a new interaction, a new sales call, a new even a new romantic encounter, let's say, right? You say you were horrible at reading other people, got divorced twice. The the question is what how give me an example of how you would tailor your your message from something that you'd learned. What what can you learn and how would you alter that that message? Well, right at the moment, we're sitting here on Zoom where we can see each other. And yes, I know sir. straight away that you like to analyze things before you make your decisions. So you need the information. There'll be times when you're talking to some people and everything's been going fine, but then all of a sudden they switch off. I hmm. guarantee that they've got the personality trait where they just want the overview, the least amount of information. If they were on a mountain peak and you told them they had to get to another mountain peak, all they want to know is where the bridge is. Whereas in your case, you go down the mountain, picking up information across the valley, picking up more information and even looking to see whether you want to go up the other side onto the other peak or not. So if you're talking to them and you know that they um, they have that trait, I would, you know, if I was was you, I would say to them, look, there's a lot of information here, but what I'm going to do is give you the overview. And they usually wipe the sweat off their brow at that point. They're going, thank God. And you... Then uh, say, well, look, when we you know, once I've done that, you can ask all the questions that you want to ask. Right. And, but if there's something there that you haven't asked, then I think you need to know. It's all right if I tell you that then. Now you're in a conversation. You're not talking at them. Right. Because if you're just giving a lot of information. Now you imagine if that's a parent and a child. The parent's the one who's analytical and the child thinks they're being nagged all the time. And they, the parent wonders why the child pulls away from them. If it's in sales... You can talk yourself into the sale and then talk yourself out of the sale because you give far too much information. Yep. So there's once you learn these skills in any one area, you use them in all areas. So it's understanding your children, the hobbies and sports that will suit them, the finals, the subjects that uh, they should be doing to, to get the career that matches their personality. You know, to find the right partner and how to talk to them. Yes. I know that... Uh, when you give uh, you give, so you think about it before you give. Some people just rush out and give all the time without thinking. Whereas if your partner and that gets an expensive gift from you, they then should know that you care for them because you put a lot of thought into it before you right. gave the gift. For sure. And so, if you're looking for a partner, I had one of my um, clients that I trained, a, a coach. She was looking at uh, a photograph. She said, "Well, should I go out with this guy or not?" I said, "Well, what are you looking for?" I said, "Are you looking for?" a partner who just automatically gives because this guy's got that trait. But I said, do you need to know whether he loves you or not? And she said, yeah, I need to know whether somebody loves me. And I said, so them telling you is not enough. They, you need to know it. And she said, yes. I said, well, the person who has the opposite trait, who stops and thinks before they give, every expensive present you get or anything that's got consideration, that you know that they've thought about you. Yeah. And so I said, then you have the feedback that you need. So it's not a particular face shape or a design that we should be looking for, but it's one that matches us first of all. Right. Know ourselves, yep. then know the other person, and then change the way that we speak, like to be spoken to to match the way that they want to be spoken to. Well, that's so important. I mean, the, the, the first part, right? Know ourselves, right? First, know thyself. Always. Is because that you can't... I mean, that, that's that been a, a, a recurring theme on the podcast lately, is that a lot of people don't do the the work to figure out what they want, who they are, those kinds of things, and and thus are, are kind of directionless, right? You don't have that compass to go by if you don't if you don't know yourself. 
but also understanding what your communication style is. The fact that what you may prefer isn't what somebody else may prefer. Uh, whether it's like you say, getting just the overview or or the analytical perspective or more information, all those kinds of things, and realizing that there is uh, a, a a a difference that that you know what your default is, right? And being aware of that, having that awareness allows you to more completely tailor your message, which is huge, especially in a world where I think business so often thus far has really whatever the business is they've tried to fit their employees into one box that that if you're an investment banker you really need to be this person without actually knowing how to profile and find those people right but they've said that and this is all that works for you whereas i i conceive that if you did a better as a manager did a better job reading your people you would understand how to get the best out of everybody, regardless of, of styles, but also to, to pick the right people up front, not be surprised when you with a new hire find out six weeks later that it's not who you who you thought it was. Um, and make those kinds of choices much, much more quickly. Because, hey, you know, speed matters in, in business and, and in a lot of other industries. Where have you seen the, the biggest applications for for this so far? Oh, as I say, relationships are the foundation of everything we do. So these skills are used in all areas of life in every situation. So I work right across the board. I've worked with large uh, corporations like Disney Films, Gillette. I've worked with the Federal Police here in Australia, the tax office, business of all sizes, but also with parents and uh, school teachers so they understand the children so the kids don't fall through the cracks. So it all depends on where a person's focus is, is where the greatest area would be. If I'm a, um, a parent, well, I'm focused on my child getting great responses. I've got parents who are still doing testimonial videos for me 10 years after I've worked with them where they <laughs> needed to understand their children. I've had uh, business people who have been able to turn around deals that were almost lost, deals that were in the you know, $2 million worth of, um, and get those back again simply because they've been able to read people. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a pretty hard question to really answer. Or as I say, it comes back to well, what do I think is most important? In right. my case, having raised three boys on my own when their mother left, uh, it's um, you know children, because as I say, children are our future. But it's uh, as a parent, now our job is to uh, nurture our children. We're not carpenters and we're not sculptors. Our job is a, is a gardener. So we don't turn our kids into something. We understand them more and help them to become the best versions of themselves yes that's where this stuff uh, starts as far as i'm concerned then from there how to uh, find the right careers uh, help our kids find the right careers then find the right partner and then uh, be able to uh, teach them in how to keep that partner as well so all aspects of life become quite important I never assume that I'm 100% uh, right, but I'm yet to be proven wrong. You know, I've done that many presentations where somebody has said in the, in the, thing, in the group, oh, I'm not like that. And if they're sitting around with other people, the other people are snickering. I know that that's their view of themselves. <laughs> Everyone else has got a different view. Well, and I actually talked about one trait. I got everyone to have a look at their hands. It's one we call the risk taker trait. And uh, this woman was a risk taker. And uh, she said, oh, no, I'm not a, a risk taker. And the women around her started snickering. And I said, well, I said, Pete, maybe not now, but when you were uh, younger, because of responsibilities of raising children and everything else, I said, when you were younger, 
I guarantee that uh, you drove a bit fast. The head went down and looked down with where kids usually look when they've been caught out for telling stories. <laughs> and she went, um, I got booked coming in tonight. By the police. <laughs> so that's that's always Pretty a little positive. bit of fun. Yeah. But um, one of the reasons why I, I really wanted to get this into the hands of school teachers is that about 11 years ago, I profiled a boy who was six years old. He has Asperger's. The uh, school didn't want him. The after-schools care didn't want him either. They were trying to get him to be get his mother to have him uh, medicated even further. I profiled him from his photographs because he wouldn't sit still. She then, uh, I gave her a written report in those days and she gave it to the school and the after-schools care but told each of them that the others were doing it and if they didn't do it, it would fail and it would be on their heads. Neither the teachers nor the the after-schools care wanted to be held responsible. So they put it in place. They said he'd never amount to anything. He'd never do presentations in front of the class. At the age of seven... He was doing presentations in front of the class. At the age of another year and a half later, they were able to let the psychologist go and with the doctor's approval, reduced his medication instead. And he's continued to uh, grow and the conversations he's had with his mother have been uh, brilliant. So as she said, they had conversations they never would have had if he'd been medicated. At the age of uh, 17, he realised that she said she's got a bit of an addiction. When she goes to the petrol station to buy fuel for the car, there's little packets of lollies next to the, um, the thing and she can't help herself. She always buys a few. And she tells her son, these are overpriced. He decided then to uh, go and buy them in bulk, little clip pack bags, the same as they were at the service station, measured them out, sold them at school and made profit, and then realised that... Um, the little cans of Coke they were selling at the school were overpriced as well. So he bought those in bulk, got them really cold, roped his mates into putting cooler bags inside their lockers, <laughs> and he started then selling Coca-Cola, undercutting the school canteen. <laughs> so as I jokingly said, oh, he's become the, the, the school Coke dealer. Yeah, <laughs> he has. He's, uh, you know, he's dealing drugs. Yeah, it just came down to the fact that once you understand somebody, you change the environment for them completely, and their behavior has to change. Yes. That's... It's so, I mean, I just have to underline all that stuff that finding, finding the right things, the right career, the right partner, the right activities, all those things, finding, finding, being able to key in on these things for, and help other people, right? And, and realize that XYZ person is really better suited for, for this over here rather than that mm. is is monumental to to having us all lead richer lives and that's a big focus on on my podcast is just how can we enjoy things more tailoring your message being able to better profile somebody being able to in a sense figure out what what those places that i knowing myself can partner with somebody else to form a a a better union of 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 the minds of relationships all those things like you say it's just huge why is it that it's taken us till now to to get to this level of understanding well 
if we look at life, when we go through school, what we're doing, first of all, is taking colourful boxes <laughs> and turning them all into brown boxes. Yep. Because every child, there's no two people, personalities on the planet that are the same. They're all different. This is the thing why I used to use psychometric profile where you put people into boxes. That was good for me as a, as a person doing the profile and to get an idea of where they fit. But I believe it's totally disrespectful to the person because we're treating a group of people all the same. Everybody has got a different story. They've all had different experiences. There's no two personalities that are identical. And so with that, if I'm able to read the person as they are, I can take them out of the box. When we look at uh, uh, school, what we do is we get the middle of the bell curve to, to, uh, to conform. Mm-hmm. One end of the bell curve, we've got the really bright kids. Well, I know that about 18% of those children are dropping out of school and don't finish. And they're the bright ones, and we think they should have finished. Down the other end, the other gifted kids, there's about 24% of them who never get through school. So we only really work on the middle section. So we've got this attitude of putting people in boxes. We do it with profiling, of uh, psychometric profiling and all the rest of it. When you take somebody out of the box and treat them as an individual, then you realise that, well, first of all, teams aren't made of people who are the same. They're made of people who are different. So the things that I love doing, somebody else will hate doing and vice versa. So the things that I don't like doing, I can push the table across the table to somebody else who enjoys doing it and therefore will get a more proficient result out of it, more productive. So being able to recognise someone's personalities, we get people back into colours again. They're no longer little brown boxes. And so, but we've been educated to do things that way. Yeah. But we're now looking after COVID. Everything that's happened, we realise that we really need to understand people more effectively because I don't know about over there, but here in Australia, the greatest number of turnovers was in the management roles during COVID. And the main reason of that was they were managers, they weren't leaders. They didn't know how to uh, manage somebody who was working at home. Right. Before, because before they had them sitting in a chair, looking at the back of their necks, the back of their heads, and watching their KPIs. Now you couldn't do that. Right. The only way to uh, really build a business is to have loyalty in your, your staff. And this yes. is why it's imperative for business owners to know their staff, know where their gifts and strengths are, know where their weaknesses come in. And by a weakness, like this is when you're under stress, the downside of any trait will come into play. Now, if you've got somebody who's got dramatic appreciation, who is very expressive and is great on stage, great performer, great presenter, when they do stress, they're just as vocal about it. And to everybody else, they come across like drama queens. <laughs> so realising that every trait's got an upside and every trait's got a downside, then yep. there's no right or wrong trait. It depends on the situation, the environment. So once we know the personalities, we put them in the right roles. Yes, and that's the there's a... An understanding, a very important thing that you just said is that that there's no right or wrong trait necessarily, but there is in a sense that something may be wrong for the situation, right? That being aware of the weakness, the 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 downside, that at times this when 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 pushed comes to shove and we get into a crisis situation, if we're in crisis situations a lot, that thing that I liked here will be a big negative over here, and. To, to 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 take it away from good or bad, uh, because that's the judgment that comes in going, well, this is a good thing. Well, it's good in a situation. It might be right there, but it's wrong. It's wrong over here. 
Yeah, well, if I look at one trait I've got, which is critical perception, it's absolutely brilliant for finding faults in documents or things that are out of uh, position, like a, a picture on the on the wall slightly sure. out. I'll pick all that up really well. The downside of the trait is when it's not black and white and it's an emotional thing, I can assume something's going on. Now, if I stop and I look back, two divorces and a lot of broken relationships, might that tra- trait have got in the way a few times? Maybe, yes. perhaps, once or <laughs> twice. <laughs> and so with that, if I understand that now and I get that feeling something's going on, the first question is, Alan, is this your trait or is, the, is it really the situation? Yes. So I can look at me first of all, and if it is, I can go, oh, pull your head in, mate. If it's not, then I can deal with it. But I'm dealing with it on something where I've got a bit more knowledge, not just an emotional reaction to something. Yes. And so knowing the downside of your traits empowers you to where you take dominion over them. They don't control you. Yes. Yes, and, and there's that a- was one of the things I was really happy to do when I first when I first went, started doing this was to find out where all my you know, downsides were, so mm-hmm. I could then set my environment up so they didn't get triggered. Well, that's that's part of the setting yourself up for success, which is a, a mm. big component of uh, a lot of the personal growth stuff these days. Is knowing yourself, right? Doing your doing that work mm. and setting yourself up for success, understanding how you work best, right? I, I use the analogy uh, or the example that I know for a fact that my most productive hours of the day are from like nine in the morning to noon. And then from between uh, noon and, and three o'clock are, are, are usually kind of dead uh, time for me because I'm, I've, I'm a little bit tired, had lunch, now the, the food coma sets in, all those things. Mm. So I don't set up my most productive work during the middle of the day, right? I know myself, set myself up for success. Instead, I go to the gym in the middle of the day. Works great for me, perfect for the way that I like to like to work. And then I come back refreshed and recharged and and hit it until, until the, the, the evening. And that works really well. Mm. Knowing how and understanding where, where your own weaknesses are, where, where your own kind of natural rhythm falls in interpersonal reactions, especially like you say, I, I, I totally sympathize with the uh, when things are not black and white, uh, assuming things uh, in mm-hmm. a sense to apply my own lens to to a lot of analytical pursuits being a, a big downside that, that I personally am able to come up with a lot of false beliefs that I'm dead set on on the on believing that those are true until i take a step back knowing full well that that i have a tendency to do that uh and it's it's again that the self-knowledge is is crucial here but also having that kind of um ability to it's almost an adult type trait although a lot of adults these days don't seem to have it where you're able to to effectively regulate your emotions, right? So so you don't get like you say triggered uh, to to sit there and go. I have an understanding of now. I'm starting to get a little anxious. I'm starting to get a little upset. I'm starting to to do this, and I've put myself in a situation, or I've been put in a situation, not to pass the responsibility off, where where I'm not gonna be able to perform at my best, or where I'm gonna be. Uh, 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 less than less than than expert uh, and stellar in this in the situation. What's the next step 
for 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 people who who get into your trainings who are who are learning these things have, do you have major success stories have people gone out and, and used this jedi mind trick uh stuff on on others to just dominate industry is there a high profile person H- how is this being uh applied so far uh with your clients well i'll give you an example one of my clients was doing the master course and uh, he was telling me that he had a um a client who would was starting to pull back. He just quoted on a new commercial building. He quoted $2 million on it. It was going to be the first of a number of buildings. And uh, his client uh, started pulling back on the deal. He wouldn't get, they wouldn't go above $1.6 million. And so there was that big gap in between. And I uh, had a look at uh, the, the faces, got him to share the faces with me and said, "Rightio, the one you're talking to about the, uh, the money, stop talking money. This guy's all about service. His face shows that he likes to give service and likes to receive it. You've just told me this is the first of a number of buildings. So this one's got to be the flagship. It was going to be in the area of childcare. Okay. And uh, so I said, right, talk to him about how it's important that the building have the right presence and everything else to be able to get the clients in, looking after the clients in the right way. I said his business partner isn't about the money, but he's not the one who's controlling things. And his business partner also doesn't like doing long-term projects. He likes to have variety. And this was all from their photographs. And I said, well, with him, talk to him about it's important that um, if uh, the building is right, they're going to bring more money in uh, faster, which means they'll be able to move on to the next project. And once they've got those projects done faster, they would then be into just bringing the cash in. And so while he was talking to them, he added another $160,000 to his original quote and signed them <laughs> off on it. Okay. And so uh, that's a sort of typical thing that happens. Another guy in the middle of COVID, the, uh, he just finished a project with one of his clients. The client said uh, wouldn't pay the full amount. He was saying he didn't have enough money. He wanted a $50,000 discount on the, the job and he's cancelling his next project. Well, showed me his faces again. And I said, well, the email you're going to sell, send to this guy, get rid of it, don't. But instead, get in touch with me because this guy's all about high level of confidence, being the authority, being in charge, and point out to him that it was a great idea that you had actually postponed the first, the second job because it gave them time to think about it, new ways in which they could put it together, that uh, he would lead the market when COVID was over. And that was worth big dollars. And then to point out to him how it's important that the relationship, because as he knows from the job they've done already, the relationship they had was why they were able to achieve that. The guy got the message very quickly, paid the extra $50,000 and signed them up for the second deal. Okay. That's, I mean, it's the, again, a big win. Huge. It's just talking to the person in the way that they need to be spoken to. And it doesn't matter in what area of life it is. I, so now I have to take all these courses and and get into to all the, the the mastery of all of all these things. Add this to my to my list. Quit watching Netflix and start watching Alan's trainings. Um, where can we get more information if we're uh, interested? I mean, is this available beyond uh, the Australia Asia area? Can I? It's sign up? all over Australia, all over the world. See, if you just follow my website, which is Alan Stevens, A-L-A-N, and Stevens, S-T-E-V-N-S, .com.au, and that will take you to my website. And uh, if you put in the forward slash and the word F-R-E, free, F-R-E-E, then you'll be have um, uh, access to a free course. This is a gift to you and to all your listeners. So alanstevens.com.au forward slash free. 
and that will take you off to my training platform where you can jump on that course. It will teach you where the eyes move when someone's sourcing information, yep. plus a couple of traits you can go out and test for yourself. Because I always say to people, you know, we've had a great conversation today. You're really interested in what I'm, I'm talking about, but hey, how do you know whether it works? Here's a free course to go and test it for yourself. And if you love that, then you step up to the next one. And I'll give you an example. I had gave the free course to a gentleman. He then signed up for what I call a, a three-step program. Instead of doing my master program, I said, well, right, go away and check this first of all and do this three-step program. This is where you do a short course online. Then you do a, I do your, first, your full profile from your photographs. Then we get together and you share your photographs of people you want to build stronger relationships with. And we go over your profile as well. And we talk about how to actually talk to those individuals. Well, after he did that course, he then told me that he used to work undercover as a narcotics agent. And this was a review he did on the course saying that he'd spent two decades you know, learning about himself and re learning how to read other people. So that when I did the interview, the profile for him, which was from five photographs, gave him an audio report, which was about 45 minutes. He said there was nothing new in the audio report that he hadn't already learnt over the two decades of all that research and you know, staying alive in the work he was doing. But the fact that I could put it in a 45-minute audio, not only equaling everything that he'd done before, but also nuanced it, he then signed up for the master course. Absolutely. Well, that's, uh, I, again, that's, that you've basically taken two decades of learning and you've been able to do it with five photographs and a 45-minute audio it, Because the face is a history. Whatever you've got on your, the, the, the expressions you have, I, as I say to people, from the age of zero to 25, you have the face your parents gave you. <laughs> from the age of 25 to 50, you have the face you gave yourself. There you go. And if I'm feeling a bit cheeky and I say after the age of 50, if you're not careful, you'll have the face you deserve. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, well, in the early days, it's the traits that we get from our parents, so the the, um, the DNA, the, what they call nature traits. But then we have our response to our environment, which we choose how we respond. And the, the uh, ridges and crevices that we create from that point on is the nurture traits, our response to our environment. So mm -hmm. we are responsible for that part of the personality. Well, sure. I mean, I, 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 there's a... There's a component there of understanding. I mean, again, we're, all we're talking about is understanding ourselves and others. But understanding that those kinds of things add up, that, that the way that we respond, our natural response, how we, how we are, what, how, the, how the world has, has shaped us and how we've shaped ourselves does actually shape ourselves, that, that it just, you know, over and over and over again, you keep doing that response. You're, you're, I, I, you're gonna, gonna get the, <laughs> gonna get the lines on your face. You know, that's it. unless you want to go to Botox, and and that's a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother thing. You know, let me paralyze my face. Alan, thank you so much for joining me today on the on the podcast. If you want to know more about Alan Stevens, you can find him on alanstevens.com.au. Again, the links will be in the description to get to the free course, which he's offered to all my listeners. Alan, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Andrew Wallace, and we don't have a problem. We've got an opportunity. Mm -hmm. 